Yeah. I mean, if you're ready to go, I mean, say, yeah, apologies for getting the time wrong. I just typed in mountain time into Google and it told me it was like two when it was three. And <laughs> Yeah, Arizona is weird. It's like, I think the one place where there's no uh, daylight savings time change. So right. it's got its own weird thing. Trapped in its own space. Okay. We will get started and welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's going to be one of the stranger interviews for people watching. If I haven't seen, but uh, I think it'll go down well. Yeah, hopefully they like my hands. So, uh, yeah, this is usually the vantage point people see whenever I make a video. It's a good advertisement for you being like a hand model. You like, know, just... <clears throat> I, I figured that would come up. I've actually had like, I think two or three people DM me saying, really? you know, hey, just uh, wanted to let you know that I'm attracted to your hands. And uh, yeah, that's a compliment, I guess. I don't understand, but yeah. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that for a while. I did um, did streaming during the pandemic and mm -hmm. it was mainly me drawing. So I just focused it, you know, the camera on the drawing and the hand. Sure. And I, I got a couple of times just like, oh, yeah, you have really nice hands. I'm like, <laughs> not, yeah. I'm not really sure how to take it or what to do with that information. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, really. Uh, but yeah, it's a compliment. So we're going to start with what is usually a simple question. Um, but for you, maybe a bit harder, which is, who are you? Uh, let's see. I mean, so go by the Thrift Creeper. That's kind of the handle. Yeah. Uh, no, just a guy that likes to do art, uh, likes to stir the pot a little bit. Um, yeah. What well, started out as kind of a, I did the whole like anonymity thing at the beginning because I didn't want to get caught by anybody mm -hmm. if there was any issue with like, you know. I don't even know if it would be considered like guerrilla art, but I don't want to get in trouble for anything. So I kind of put myself behind this character. And then over time, I just thought, oh, that's cool. I like I like being anonymous. Um, mm -hmm. It brings something to it, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know you, the thing you're most well known for is recreating things from thrift shops. And Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously yeah. how I discovered you. Kind of, well, kind of how I discovered you. I actually knew your work before you were suggested. Oh, was, really? Wow. Yeah, That's it was kind of, I'd yeah. seen your, your bits. And then Strange Dolls, Strange Folk Dolls had us on and suggested you come on, which is also another cool point, wow. which you've worked yeah. with her before. Yeah, no, she's awesome. She's wonderful. Um, I did a contest once and uh, she won. So she got a piece, but she sent me some other artwork it's just wonderful um her kid drew a picture of a piece i made so yeah she's really really cool but so yeah yeah what i do is go to a thrift shop buy some mass-produced piece that nobody wants alter it and then sneak it back in how do you pick pieces uh, i mean first off i try not to get anything that's like obviously one of a kind, something mm -hmm. that somebody didn't put a lot of effort into, usually things that are mass produced. Um, like I actually, by my feet, I have one. So something that's definitely been mass produced. Uh, yeah. There's probably thousands upon thousands of these out there. So yeah, I just go to the store, 
if it looks good, depending on the what it's made of, you know, I usually avoid like plastics and whatnot because they need to be baked with the clay yeah. that I eat. But uh, yeah, it really just depends. That makes sense. Makes sense. And you started doing this a few years ago. Yeah, it was during the pandemic. So I think like December of 2021, um, went to a, a Goodwill with a friend, saw this like really sad dog figure. And I thought like, I can make this sadder. <laughs> so got it, sculpted over it. Um, and then, yeah, it's just been like a learning process ever since. I like the fact that you saw a sad dog and was like, no, this dog could be sad. I'm not going to prove his life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I, after that, I thought it would be great if I just snuck it back in. And then that's kind of what I've done ever since. And you continue to do, which is hence the anonymity, which is a word I struggle to say. Yeah, it is a tough one. And, and, yeah. and anonymity, there we go. There we got there in the end. No, I, I kind of, I understand um, that there is a, there's a level of freedom to remaining kind of behind the scenes. Um, it was something yeah. which I kind of tried to do with like a zine project I ran and then got not found out, but like called on it. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, it was, it was like a real interesting experience of this, there's this level of like, oh yeah, it's, you know, I'm able to do basically whatever I want in a different right. personality. Um, do you, do you, I, I guess maybe like a, a more conceptual question of when you're doing work like that is this completely removed from your regular day-to-day -day life yeah yeah totally uh i mean i work like a normal human job and then uh, do this on the side like i would love to to make art you know all the time and maybe that's kind of a goal of mine but uh yeah no it's just kind of a passion project um i've had many friends and family look at me dead in the eyes and say like why aren't you selling these things yeah um they finally given up on that uh just because i i think it's great to to bring something anybody can find a piece um you know regardless of their economic standing or anything just find something that was you know handmade one of a kind um and then i like to keep people on their i don't know i, I like to surprise people so if somebody stumbles upon something um unique or you know if they're taken aback to me that's a compliment so definitely but, yeah. uh, no but but yeah i mean it, yeah it's just a part-time thing just a fun side thing yeah a little, little, little level of uh, catharsis in the day-to-day -day. yeah absolutely for sure I, I was actually thinking about this before i came on and how these kinds of projects tend to come from people who are like over 20 you know you all on above because when you do it as like a teenager it's never seen as like just like a cathartic thing it's seen as like vandalism or sure. something yeah. untoward well, whereas it like an adult you're like oh no this this could be there's like an i don't know legitimacy to it and i don't know whether mm -hmm. you had that thought no yeah i was actually thinking about that uh when you invited me just kind of like looking back because i've been doing art for as long as i could remember um mm -hmm. And yeah, during my like teen years, there was definitely some tagging and some stencil graffiti. And, you know, like that's when Banksy started and uh, a lot of inspiration there, even if it was like pretty shallow inspiration. But uh, yeah, that that is completely right. You know, it's a lot different when you're older. So, but uh, more valuable when we're older. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think we just see the world differently at this point. Um, and we appreciate things differently, you know, than I used to. Uh, back then it was very political. Everything I made was political. Um, these days it's, you know, not really. You're saying your sculptures aren't political? I mean, I pissed a lot of people <laughs> off. Uh, which really? I don't, yeah, I don't understand. It wasn't until TikTok on Instagram, people are, you know, like cool art. Yeah. On TikTok, I'll get things like uh, there was a bunch of French people who uh, were fighting back and forth in the comments section, saying like, "Oh, you defaced a uh, Virgin Mary," you know, and then people um. would defend it and go back and forth, and then I finally popped in and I was like, "Who's who's Virgin Mary?" Just to throw people off. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it, some people are offended, but that's, you know, they're, they're pretty rare for somebody to message saying, like, how can you deface art um, when really it's just, again, mass-produced stuff so far removed from the artist that I don't feel like infringes upon their creation. Definitely. I do, I think there's a, there is like a, when it, especially when it comes to like, guerrilla art or like street art there's a, there's a very fine line sometimes with that kind mm -hmm. of thing of whether it's going to be whether it's going to be accepted whether it's acceptable to do it i know i see a lot of stuff about tagging um because i follow quite a few of those accounts and it's always interesting to see how the communities handle things mm -hmm. which go against things like um, like tagging historical buildings right and you know like monuments and stuff like that gets people quickly ostracized mm -hmm. but like you say when it's the you know the general public you never quite know what's going to set them off and what they might yeah, consider offensive definitely you'll notice that too just by like location so mm -hmm. you know in phoenix if you're in north phoenix if you you rarely see any graffiti because it gets you know painted over quickly downtown people just come to appreciate street art a little bit more so every corner has you know graffiti or street art on a wall but uh, to me, it's like little treasures. So like what, what I do or graffiti or anything like that. I don't know. It's you stumble upon it and you realize it's this unique little treasure. Um, just not something that you would expect to see, I guess, is what makes it even better. I, that's something I actually agree quite strongly with. Of, I, I think you people take a lot more value in things when they when they do stumble across them, you know, yeah. like when it's not sold to you when it's not something which is just on a website that you can have shipped to you or sitting in a store. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of value to that, which I, I guess is what I found interesting. But when I looked at your work, it's, it's like you're, you're taking stuff from thrift stores, which I already think are a gold mine of just <laughs> general ephemera. And then you're, you're introducing like an extra layer of rarity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I if I can, um, and it's just a lot of fun. Like, I don't. There's really no message in my artwork. There's nothing like. I mean, I guess I don't know. The only message I could think of is uh, just like mischief. I like to stir the pot. So, um, but aside from that, there's no like. I've talked to other artists, and they're like, "Oh, I put this into it, and this symbolizes this." Mm -hmm. And with me, it's just you know, I like to make things look weird. That's like the base level of it. I guess that's a, a valuable question then in terms of if if art's fun, is it art? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. I think when you put, <clears throat> I, I don't, uh, art is 
genuinely the best part of life because it's expression, it's connection with people, it's uh and I I was watching a video about Bowie, uh, David Bowie mm. recently. He was talking about um oh crap, what did he say? Uh, I don't think it was selling to the gallery, but it was something like that where he was saying, you know, you make the worst art when you're making it for other people. Um, right. And that's a fine line because like when I started doing this project, it was purely for me. Like I didn't have anybody following me or looking at what I was doing. It was just me and whoever bought the piece if they found it. Um, where at this point, there's a little bit more of like, oh, I need to work on this piece or I need to do more and more often. So I just am constantly reminding myself that I'm not uh, kind of playing to the gallery or whatever. I was going to say that's, that's got to affect how you create mm -hmm. or yeah, introduce like a level of pressure. I don't know. Yeah. And then a lot of people will ask, you know, do you do commissions? Do you sell anything? And, you know, eventually I am currently making something to sell, not like an original piece or anything, mm -hmm. but just kind of like a line of something. Uh, but, but yeah, I fully intend to just keep like original pieces, you know, those are the ones that I sneak in. Um, yeah. Keep it going. I, I'm, I, I've been kind of following, it's interesting that we, we arranged to do this interview kind of this week, um, at least within the UK, there's, there's introduction of new, uh, new laws and new, you know, initiatives to commit, like kick down what they call antisocial behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, some level of that is street art, you know, graffiti is tagging. Um, and it kind of raises the question of when something is considered illegal and when something is more considered art, because the likes of tagging, when you, like you mentioned, kind of Banksy comes into that of if you're going to introduce these new laws, is he going to be included? Right. Yeah. Is that going to be yeah. a thing? And the same with kind of yours, I think it's, you know, there's a fine line between what's being done and what you're liable for, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's always been a hard line. Like mm -hmm. I think of, um, it never affect, well, I mean, it did affect us a little bit in the U S um, it was before my time, but like video nasties, like a uh, horror films oh, yeah. back in the UK that were banned. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it, any kind of censorship of art is, uh, is the wrong way to go. I mean, even just recently in Florida with the statue of David, um, yeah. <laughs> I just don't priorities. I feel like still aren't aligned very well. Um, yeah. Do you think as artists, the more, the more restrictions which are placed in the more, it's more needed for mischief and fun to be included in that, to kind of point out how ridiculous it is being, or it doesn't yeah. need to get more political. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, let me think if I could remember the line um, in uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, which I love that movie. And at the end, he does the speech, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the speech, he says, as long as men die, liberty will never perish. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about art. You know, whatever happens, censorship wise or anything, I think art is one of those things that will always prevail just because it's so tied to us and the way we express emotion even if we're subjugated or if we're you know in times of prosperity we always feel that need to do that so you know with censorship it, it's temporary i don't think that censorship is anything that lasts um 
there's a line between, you know, shouting fire in a theater and, uh, you know, expressing yourself. So it's, it's the middle ground and it's always kind of been in that gray area, just art in general, but like specifically guerrilla art and whatnot. It's, I think it's just another facet of that a little bit. I also, I also think kind of like you touched on it there. I think it it walks a fine line with what's considered like a prank, right? And what's yeah. considered art. And sure. I I find it interesting how like you I mean, even kind of mentioned like social media platforms. Pranking is a thing. It's like a right. a form of content, um, and they've they've struggled to find a balance. So mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know as artists, I don't know if there's more of a struggle to find a balance between something which could be considered mean or offensive and something which is just more, you know, tongue in cheek. I'm doing this because I can do this. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's definitely a, a fine line. Um, and I guess that, you know, it just depends on the intention of the artist, but, mm-hmm. um, like, you have uh, no intention. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I have <laughs> no intention except, I mean, again, mischief, but that, you know, if I can make somebody laugh, that's great. If I can make a video uh, that makes somebody laugh, you know, that's even better. Um, because I feel like the world is, uh, it's right now, especially just very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is so extreme. Um, and like art, laughter is something that's universal and that uh, it helps us. It's one of the the best parts of the human condition so um, that's kind of my artwork you know for the most part is I, I try to put humor into it if you see like a little baby figurine with a, a monster face usually there's humor in that and I think most people would find humor except for those that are I don't know easily disturbed by something like that I had one person comment like how can you deface a beautiful little child <laughs> Do you find, I mean, I guess, do you find different generations react differently to it? Yeah, well, I mean, if you consider like TikTok versus Instagram, a different Mm. generation. I noticed on uh, TikTok, things are a lot more literal. So if I make a video of me like uh, cracking an egg in a piece and sculpting over it as a joke, in which I would never return anything with like a rotten egg inside, but uh, people get very serious and they're like, oh my God, how can you do that? And then there's, you know, how can you waste eggs, which I, I understand that part. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a difference for sure when it comes to age and everything. Um, older ages tend to be a little bit more disturbed about things like that. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I, I'm one of those people that, like, if you can't tell just by, like, the way I talk or anything like that, what my generation is, but I mm-hmm. genuinely have a lot of hope uh, for the next generation or for the, the one that's reaching adulthood right now. Um, a lot of hope in them. So I'm curious to see how they react to artwork like that. And, mm. and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think the, the younger generations and the generation coming uh, they're, they're almost interesting in a way that we weren't to like mm-hmm. people above us um because I don't, I don't know like I, I got thinking about this this morning actually in terms of how people react to advertising and 
different reactions to being sold something and mm -hmm. how that's not necessarily like an age thing but it's it's a cultural thing of what you grew up with and how you interpret imagery and how like millennials and gen x don't really get that bothered by advertising because mm -hmm. we were very aware of it whereas the younger generation have been born into a situation where it's everywhere and it's hard to tell what is and isn't an advert unless you've been through that process so when we we talk about art we talk about how you interpret i mean content even though i'm not a fan of that word as a description of that. Right. Um, I think it's interesting to see how they react to, to stuff because it's sure. they're, they're receiving so much of it. Whereas, you know, when I was younger, it was very much like, oh, you see this one cool thing, you may never see this one cool thing ever again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, just no, yeah. I think our generation, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, we're again, like, uh, there wasn't always the internet growing up and there is, there is now. So yeah, it should be interesting. I hope there's a lot less like infighting with generations. Um, I, uh, just the last couple of years when it comes to like boomers and Gen X and Gen Z millennials, um, a lot of, a lot of fighting words, but, uh, yeah, I, I just look forward to the future and seeing what they do. Um, and seeing where art goes and i'm always trying to like monitor having any hard feelings about artwork because to me mm. art will always be subjective um i've had friends who argued otherwise and uh you know with like ai art initially when i would see something like that i would immediately be like oh you know it took this person 30 seconds to make this piece or mm. to let a computer make it but after just thinking it over, like it, art is subjective, you know, um, like I watched a video on fonts last mm. night, uh, just enjoying that because I find I have an interest in fonts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so subjective that I can't really, I don't have a firm stance, um, which I think is the best thing for art, um, because it's really, again, up to the viewer to discern how valuable something like that is um so yeah hmm. always trying to monitor myself when it comes to that because the last thing i want to last thing i want to do is be one of those old you know old people complaining about you know things changing um see i'm like i'm aiming for that like, are, are you i can be like a grumpy old man i feel like i already look kind of like a grumpy old man so i could get away with being a grumpy old man <laughs> Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I'm either like five or I'm like 65, depending yeah. on the day. But I, I actually think that's like a trait of artists. I think even when, you know, you're a kid and that, I think there was a very much a level of anyone who's interested in creative stuff that you already feel old as a child. And yet you just oh, like, sure, yeah. I have the imagination of a five-year-old, but I have the, the mindset of a 60-year-old. Sure. Yeah, I remember being a kid and people would say like, oh, you're such a, an old soul. Um, yeah. And then you grow up the and you, you grow up and you're just, you know, now you're just the soul because <laughs> you've already attained the old. Uh, but yeah, no, I've always, and I've always loved art since I was a, a kid being obsessed with monsters. And when I was a kid, there was this toy called Mighty Max, which I just loved. They were like 
Polly Pockets for Boys. Um, I, I don't feel like a lot of people do remember Mighty Mugs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when it comes to maybe our generation, I don't know. But uh, yeah, always interested in monsters. And so that's kind of stuck around. But it wasn't until kind of this project that people started noticing, I think, out of curiosity and and whatnot. Do you ever get attached to work? Oh, it's it's quite a process making something. Uh, I mean, you're dedicating first, a lot of your time to to make something, and then you do just put it away. Yeah, yeah. The process is kind of uh, it starts off with like, what am I doing? What am I going to do with this? Uh, then you get inspired, inspired, and then you keep going, and then it gets to a point where you're frustrated. And I'll catch myself thinking like, oh, this is the worst. I hate this. The color is off or whatever. I, I wish I I wish I can go back in time and have done this thing differently. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes I get to the very end and I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like it. Um, but I don't think there's ever been anything that I would really want to keep. Um, you know, there were a couple pieces where I thought like, oh, this is really cool. And I like this one more than the rest. Mm -hmm. um, especially as time goes on, because everything's trial and error, um, you know, because I'm, I'm self-taught, like I don't have a lot of say, Yeah, you, you've taught yourself all this. Right? Yeah, just through trial and error, and there's been a lot of errors along the way. But uh, as time goes on, and I, I want to keep pushing myself a little bit, so I think with every piece, I tend to like it a little bit more, just because mm -hmm. I think it added a little extra to, to whatever it is. you get, I mean, maybe it's like a more personal question. Is like, do you get some level of, you know, self-catharsis by giving it away? I think so. I mean, you could really look into like the psychology of it. And think, like, do I Not to pick, you, pick on you too much? Right? No, 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 totally. Uh, yeah, you could look into it and, and think like, why is this guy doing this? Does he not appreciate mm -hmm. himself or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I again I just love the idea of like it when I bring something back usually on like Instagram I'll post like oh, I'm bringing this thing back and you know sometimes I'll post the general location of where it is mm -hmm. um but ideally it would just be a random person finding a piece uh I think because I would again I would think that would be cool if I was just some you know passerby looking at at things people don't want, so they bring it to a thrift shop. Um, just a little treasure. So, uh, so yeah, I guess it's kind of a mixture of you know, I want I'm humble and I want to be humble, um, but then also kind of what I want to see outside of what I make as well. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a mix of both. But I'm I'm sure there are therapists out there that would look at it and say like, oh, this guy, you know. <laughs> Look at that trauma or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I I I mean, yeah. I I can kind of I was going to say empathize with it. It's it's something which yeah. I'm very very much interests me because it's a question which has been posed to me on more than one occasion of doing not not to the scale that you do. Um, like I produce a zine which I give away mm -hmm. for free. It, yeah. You know, it costs me time and money, but I go to zine fairs and my table is always free, and you can take a zine and it's about. Maybe, encouraging creativity in people and getting them to open up and that kind of thing um 
but more than often I will get a question, which is, surely this costs you money. Like, why why would you give this away for free? And I always find it interesting of the mentality of some people versus myself and likes of you mm. who are willing to give something away, which is taking you time and effort right. to create. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure where that comes from. Like, I, it's it's almost like a an inbuilt thing with some people, but not other people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, at least like Western culture, we we see things through a lens of, you know, uh, getting something from something else. I mean, mm. you know, a lot of people would see that through goods and services and getting paid for something. Um, and in reality, I think I do get paid in a certain way. Um, doing any kind of art to me is, you know, therapy to an extent. Um, so I definitely get that out of it. I get out, you know, the fun out of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, it's kind of a mixture of so many things as to why. Um, yeah. Definitely. I, I must feel this thing. I think it's something which I'd, I'd like to encourage more artists to engage in because mm -hmm. like you say, um, markets and kind of trends and obviously the internet have they put a lot of focus on what you can sell and what you can profit from mm -hmm. within art and i think in a, in a way we lost some level of creating for the sense of fun creating mm -hmm. for the enjoyment of it um I, I always think when i think real artists i always think back to kind of protest artists in the 80s and mm -hmm. all those kinds of things and obviously they were on a different scale because there was a level of like vandalism involved which sure. was to make a statement um and obviously the world retaliated against that in the way that the world do and, and systems sure. do um but nowadays it's people worry so much about that liability and mm -hmm. what that will mean for them because the in a way i i don't know i feel like maybe there's a there's a sense in some people that they can't disconnect their name from their work because they want the credit as much mm -hmm. as they want to see the audience and they want to see the reaction and you know give people these great things they still want the little credit line mm -hmm. and I, I don't know I, maybe that is generational maybe that's oh, but maybe that's not maybe it's just the hold of online and whatnot kind of pulling people in and changing what they could create I don't know yeah I mean it's it's interesting because I mean like I've seen so many news reports and whatnot of you know mm. like Gen Z you know they want to be famous they want to whatever you know it's a lot of that i want likes i want this but at the same time there was a journal article i think from a year or two ago where they were trying to determine um i don't think selfishness is the word but uh I'm trying to think of the word i guess people want expecting something to be given to them and they ran okay. this through different generations and oddly enough baby boomers tended to be the most self-centered, I guess, uh, mm. when it comes to some things. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, but again, I vowed to refrain from being one of those people that gets old and says, you know, everything's falling apart. These young kids don't know what they're doing. They're lazy, whatever. Uh, I've made it a goal to just avoid that because that's been going on for forever too. Um, those generational divides, I'm sure there's so many times, you know, with my my parents, you know, and 
the Beatles came out, it was a, a travesty. So I think that happens every generation. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how they would react differently to things, but uh, the internet is definitely, it's something that scares me to an extent without mm. sounding like a, you know, a dramatic, panicky old person. But uh, I think a lot of the state of the world right now is very partisan and divided because we tend to, I, I like to think of the internet as it's kind of like the invention of fire. Um, mm. You know, it's the capability of fire or the internet is incredible. You could do so much with it. Um, the internet is an encyclopedia, but just like fire, it could burn everything down as well. Um, we're so divided because we we fall into these cubbies, whether it be politically or theology or whatever. And uh, with through algorithms and whatnot, we tend to just see and reaffirm those beliefs. So mm -hmm. I think people have gotten a lot more extreme about things. Um, so when it comes to those ideologies, I worry a little bit about where things are going. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I would bring that back to artwork, but I mean, I think everything is again, tied to ideology and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes. And then oddly enough, a lot of Gen Z that I've interacted with and spoken to, they're a lot better at determining, you know, mm -hmm. what's the proper source of information. Because uh, they're used to the internet, so they know like this source is not reliable. This one is. Um, so I think with that, there's a little less worry. Yeah, um, it becomes more kind of like a journey for, for the younger generation to, you know, get involved. Like you say, I think I agree. That there's a level of partisanism within discussions at the moment. Um, I remember having a chat with uh, Lucy Sullivan, who's a comic artist from the UK. Um, and she was getting not upset but worried about the conversations which people were having and and you know mm -hmm. how quickly people jump to you know anger and defense and all that kind of stuff and then remembered having the same conversation with a friend in person and not online and right. there was space between the conversation which meant no one was jumping to conclusions because right. they didn't have that time to you know settle down and have a discussion like you know like this this show is, is is more about discussion than anything else um and i think it's interesting to watch how we're affected by that and then as you say the younger generation are pretty good at, at tracking back on those things mm -hmm. and yes no, that's all i can hope for too is yeah i mean ideally if in you know elementary school if if it was required that people would have to take like a research class or a source class or something that would be that would be great, but um, yeah, you, I guess we'll see what we'll see what happens. Do you think you can teach guerrilla art? I'm sorry. Do, do you think you can teach like doing guerrilla art, mischief art, or do you think it's just like a naturally inherent thing in some people? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I don't think it would be taught as art. I think it's mm. just something like, um, for example, like my sensibilities when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm. 100% certain come from my dad who he wasn't quite a hippie but he you know he was very political and uh and he liked to stir the pot as well so I know that's kind of where that comes from I think it's more of an attitude than it's directly related to art but I think if you do go into the arts then those two things kind of meld together and uh and naturally it 
you know, whether it's grill art or just any kind of mischief or, or whatnot in artwork, um, those two things, you know, come together. But I don't, I don't think you could teach it. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, you could, you can teach people to question things. You could teach people to question society and, uh, you know, uh, economic systems and things like that. So it's a possibility. You can give somebody the tools for it. Uh, but I think it just kind of comes down to the person. I think as well, like we, like we were saying kind of at the beginning, I think in some ways it's better when you, you don't take something like this and try to teach it. It's, mm -hmm. it's better that someone discovers they can do this kind mm -hmm. of on their own. Um, I vividly remember kind of being in school and being taught art when I was you know, 12, 13 and whatnot. Um, and they, they obviously hand you like Renaissance and they hand mm -hmm. you, you know, landscape paintings and say, this is art. This is exactly what art should be. And mm -hmm. then at the same time going into, you know, the library and picking up a book and finding out about street graffiti and mm -hmm. going, oh, well, I was told this wasn't art. Um, yeah. And it had a much more significant impact. And I think maybe it would have tainted it if my school teachers had tried to show sure, me this was yeah. cool and been like, this is what art is. And my brain would have gone, no, I can't do that. Yeah. That's the institution. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's weird, like getting older, I'll notice changes in myself when it comes to artwork. Uh, mm. When I was younger, I would look at like a Jackson Pollock and be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, uh, but the older I get, the more I realize like, oh no, I appreciate it. And I appreciate that people can't appreciate something like that. Um, I was never a fan of like abstract art, but again, older I get, the more I realize that it's the subjective nature of it that makes it, brings importance to it. And there's nothing worse, I think, like having been a teenager, this is kind of giving away my age, but being mm. a teenager and watching like Banksy mm. kind of uh, go from this like unknown street artist to what he is now. There's nothing worse to me than seeing like an auctioneer trying to sell a Banksy piece just because it, it goes against so much of the general principle of it. Um, so I think that's one thing is art should never be taken too seriously. Uh, political art, you know, there's a message behind it and it's good to get across that message. But in general, I think uh, things like that should not be taken seriously. No, I, 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 I'm kind of glad you mentioned like auctioneers selling that kind of stuff because it always just makes me sad. Like, yeah, every yeah. time I see it, I, like, like you say, I think I look at it and I'm like, yeah, you've kind of ruined the point now. <laughs> it's believable the point. A lot of art too. I mean, uh, a lot of wealthier people purchase it as a, I don't know what it would be described as like a liquid good or something like that. Um, it's a good investment, you know? Yeah. So it's not really about the art. It's about the, it's about the, the monetary value, I guess, of it. Um, you know, there's really no appreciation of it. Some of these, some of this artwork is just, you know, housed in a warehouse. So, um, yeah, that, yeah. That bothers me. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, upsetting. So yeah, it, and kind of going back to the censorship, like kids not being allowed to see Michelangelo's work is just, mm. it's insane. Um, and just, yeah, censorship, you could show uh, somebody's head getting blown up, but like, God forbid you see like an anatomical human body or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we live in a very strange 
world, or I mean the U.S. culture. Um, I think I was actually, it, sorry, oh, I was say I think I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. Uh, we were talking about uh, Pulp Fiction and and mm -hmm. that whole genre of, of things, and I was saying I watched the Reanimator on mm -hmm. television oh, yeah. when I moved yeah. to the U.S. and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I remember this bit, and it got to the moment where there's the sex scene. And they cut mm -hmm. the sex scene. <laughs> I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what just yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah, I visited the UK when I was younger. And uh, I picked up a newspaper. On like the fifth page, there was just a topless woman. <laughs> and I was like, my God, this is, I didn't realize how Puritan the US was. Like I've heard of it, but I never witnessed it firsthand. And it's true. Yeah, it's it's very strange. There's a lot of religion, you know, mixed in there. But uh mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I, I'd like to think, kind of going back to the whole Charlie Chaplin thing, that as time goes on, things will get better mm. um, in regards to art or politically or what have you. Yeah, because the last <clears throat> 10 years has been insane. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know where it's going to go from here. But no, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I, was, I, just, I think it's interesting, kind of like you mentioning that, like, the difference the different ways different countries react to art as well like like we mentioning yeah. um like michelangelo's david and that being censored in the us and it causing absolute riot in the in italy where people were mm -hmm. not understanding what had happened why would you do this how can you call it offensive it's david um, yeah. i'm just wondering kind of how your style of art and your you know your process would be interpreted in like a charity shop in the uk I'd, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be interesting to just watch like unfold. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I yeah, I really don't know. I mean, based on just like online interactions, there's always mm. going to be some people who are offended. Um, people who say like, why don't you just make an original piece completely, um, or things like that. I, I don't know. There's everybody's different. Different cultures too. I, like I said, I try to make a point to make it use mass-produced pieces um it's kind of like Karl marx in a sense of you know this artwork is so far removed from an artist mm. that doing anything to it is to me negated like it just doesn't it doesn't affect the artist whatsoever or yeah. you know um yeah i it, it would be interpreted different places um by different people i'm sure if I'm sure if somebody in, you know, southern states of the US found a piece versus, you know, Seattle, there would be a very different reaction to it. I, um, I, I get the feeling your work wouldn't make it out the store if it was found by someone. Yeah. <laughs> there is yeah. The US. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. After I made the Virgin Mary one, I, I thought, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't think this was still a thing, but sure. Totally. <laughs> I, it's a problem, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't really like, I'm a very political person, but I don't really put mm. that in the artwork. Um, just because I think, again, humor is more healing than, you know, I get message, I try to get political messages out across different, you know, avenues. Mm. Uh, when it comes to this, I, I think humor is, and, and artwork is the one thing that, for the most part, brings us together. Um, I think we found a way to even, you know, put a wedge in that too, but uh 
uh, one of the funniest things, and I've told this to a couple people, but there was a person who followed me on my personal account because I appreciated their artwork. Hmm. And the 2020 election came up and I was posting things and and there was interaction in which they, you know, said F you, blah, blah, blah. My person's gonna win, yada yada. And they blocked me. And before they blocked me, I said, well, you know, art is more important. We could at least agree on that. But by that point, they already blocked me. Yeah. And then I created this separate account and I started doing art and over time. And then this person happened to follow me and say, like, mm -hmm. I love your artwork. It's wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, like, yeah, see, art is yeah. yeah it's important. Uh it's interesting for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's interesting. I almost feel when it kind of comes to art, when there is like a, a level of anonymity to it, I think it's what it is interesting watching who gets involved with it because i've had that a couple of times like you say of being surprised at who likes the work when mm -hmm. you know when you you know when it comes from you know you know it comes from one one you know aspect of your personality and then you know that person and then they go oh yeah i really like this and i'm always like oh that's you know complete surprise that it could could connect which i guess is yeah nice. <laughs> absolutely I think it's it's I've had a experience as well before where I mean I don't know if you've ever ever had the opportunity to watch someone buy your work. Um I don't think I sometimes stick around for a little bit mm. for, for the most part. Lately I, I just kind of um, get out of there quickly. There were a couple of times where I saw somebody like see it. Yeah. And, like there was one guy that was taken aback and I heard him say like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen at a, a goodwill um, to his friend. And yeah, that's a big compliment to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't really seen anybody buy it. I've heard stories, you know, people going to the checkout and the person working there looks confused or says something. Um, but uh, yeah, no, not really. And the crazy thing about thrift shops is, you know, as long as you don't take something out without permission, they don't really care about you taking something in. Because yeah. again, everything everything you find at a thrift shop is things that people don't want anymore. So uh, it's technically just a donation. So. Yeah, pretty much double the profit. Yeah, can't really so. argue with that. <laughs> double double the profit, but also no profit for you, <laughs> the person who made yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Recently, somebody asked, uh, said they should have like a gallery or something, and I thought mm -hmm. about it. So I might kind of retain pieces for a little while for that, but uh, but yeah, afterwards I still want to disperse them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's important too. I think as well, like it's like you've been saying, it's it gives people access to something which they might not necessarily be able to see. Um, yeah. Kind of like we were saying, um, you get you get taught or shown things in one way or another and told that this is this, this is what it will be. And having something which upsets that, even in like a positive way or a negative way, I think is valuable mm. and, and more so what art's about. Absolutely. That's very well said. I completely agree. Definitely. Yeah, and yeah, if I make a piece if I like try to see myself through the eyes of like a little kid coming across a monster somewhere, that's kind of uh, 
to me that's rewarding and again it doesn't matter really how much i spend or the time i put into it i think uh, just that kind of feeling um makes it worth it for sure and then you can do whatever you want in your regular time to earn money that's that's what I yeah, tell yeah. Artists. <laughs> that's the boring stuff yeah that's yeah that's the human boring you know side of things is the the money aspect um, and then the only reason I would make something and sell it, which I'm again, I'm in the process of doing is, uh, just cause you know, I get a lot of DMS saying like, do you sell your stuff? Do you sell your stuff? Can you please sell me something? And there's people mm -hmm. asking me if I do commissions and just like, sorry, no, like you would have to come to Phoenix and, and try to find something. Uh, so I figured I would make something little, you know, for people to buy if they really, really want to. Um, and I guess that'll fund, you know, paint that I would need for other pieces. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's rewarding in itself. I just think, I think there's a level of, um, rewarding and being able to tell people no as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know why, but it's very comforting to, to, especially, you know, like you say, when someone asks for something, you just like, no, you're not, you're not playing the game. This is the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there is something to that. And I've had to learn along the way, uh, you know, the process of saying no and whatnot. But mm. the only commission I've done is I had a friend who uh, is a teacher and she had me Zoom with her class and like read a story. Um, and I picked, uh, I forget the artist's name, but he wrote a book about Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And uh, Kind of, or he wrote it, and then this other person did the artwork, but uh, just about his love of monsters. And in the background of this video, Zoom with them, they were seeing, you know, my office with monsters and things, and mm -hmm. they asked me to make them a penguin. So, only commission I've done is make this like classroom of, you know, fifth graders uh, a monster. But aside from that, yeah, no, no commissions, nothing like that. And I think expectation too i really don't like living up to people's expectation in that way mm. uh, again back to david bowie playing to the gallery uh yeah that that stress of of trying to make something for the vision of somebody else is it's yeah. not rewarding and i think it does make you you know that's your worst work definitely i i think it, children are always interesting like audience to have because i think it's i think it's very hard to disappoint children so yeah and they're super honest too incredibly yeah. honest um yeah i don't know what to expect because like i made this thing and it ended up looking a lot creepier than i anticipated for like a, right. a class of fifth graders but the reaction to it was kind of again what i would want just anybody stumbling on a piece you know as they are taken aback but they're interested and they yeah yeah i think maybe the greatest compliment for like children seeing is your work is they see it and then they go tell somebody else about it i think yeah yeah absolutely like if an adult did that i wouldn't really care but if a kid did that like yeah oh absolutely i've, I've, sure. I've made it <laughs> yeah absolutely timmy, timmy over there he, he said this guy's works great i'm like cool them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
not to like again divulge identity or anything like mm. that but when i was a kid uh back in i think third grade um i drew a uh, pickle with a superhero cape on it and we called them super pickle nice. which isn't very not a very creative name but whatever uh yeah. and uh what started as this dumb drawing turned into like a school club dedicated to art and to this fictional pickle and what's crazy is it followed me throughout the years even in high school people were like oh were you the guy that drew the pickle and i was like yeah totally uh so i I love i love that i guess the impact of a drawing or artwork um creating that kind of community and just like the kids and you know reacting to things um yeah it's the best yeah i think we need more of that i think like like you say, I think we're we're in a we're in a I won't say tumultuous time because I think I think we are in a tumultuous time, but at the same time I feel like it's it discredits with the time we're in. I think we're in a, a volatile time where yeah. We, yeah. we need we need better access to allowing people ways to express themselves and mm-hmm. access to things which are expressive so they can understand it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah would be a lot of damage down the line so I, I think you're doing a great job of introducing that no i appreciate it yeah no i it's fun that's for sure um if i you know piss off people that's whatever but for the most part i think just the general idea is is a lot of fun and um anything to shake somebody up a little bit you know you, mm. we get so used to our daily lives and the routine so anything that make somebody do a double take to me is worth it i completely agree and i imagine this podcast will make people do a double take because it's yeah i hope so i mean yeah outside the usual format (laughs) yeah (laughs) hopefully the the followers that like my hands uh you know get off on this so that's great this is what happens Uh, when you get two mischief makers in one phone call (laughs) yeah absolutely should should make some mischief that's yeah it's the best thing to do all right definitely we should probably round out of there i only have one more question for you it's been lovely to chat to you stay um but i'm asking every guest this year who should i speak to next oh man i know it's a tough question i was kind of thinking about this earlier um there's a uh, one person i think she's in the uk um i have to bleep this but it's a i think it's a what the fuck pots or wtf pots okay she does um she makes awesome artwork and uh, ceramics and whatnot pottery that you know would easily get censored in florida that's for Mm. sure uh but uh no she's great she does amazing work um very mischievous too um there's uh i mean one of my favorite artists that I found over the years is Craig Gleason. He does a lot of uh, illustration. Um, he's like super well known. Hmm. He's really great. Um, and then another artist, uh, Captain Love Handles. I really dig his work. He's uh, Ed Roth and Ratfink. His creations are a huge inspiration to me. Hmm. And he's, uh, I guess you have to be like a license. You have to get licensed from the estate of Ed Roth yeah. to, you know, commercially make rat think art so but he's yeah a licensed rat think artist um he's really awesome uh 
yeah, there's so many artists that I appreciate and the community on Instagram in particular is wonderful. I've made a lot of uh, virtual friends that way. So, but yeah, those are great. Definitely. I like it. I like the idea of this becoming a mischief podcast, just more mischief thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the WTF pots, I'm pretty sure somebody brought it into a museum as well, which caused controversy you know uh i won't say what the piece was but it was yeah it was yeah awesome for sure you're right though i was getting the edge by leaving zines on subways (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah definitely all right well it's been great to catch up with you thank you for coming yeah no thank you it's been a pleasure and uh yeah hopefully somebody (laughs) caught something out of looking at my hands and listening to me talk I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Depending on the format they they, they get, the, the the wider part will be someone who listens to the audio version of this. Yeah, and yeah. They, we keep referencing hands, and they'll have no idea what's going on. Which yeah. is, you know, just again, we're just poking the bear. <laughs> Perfect. That's the way to do it. All right. All right. In that case, we will talk to the guys later. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate the reaching out. All right.